0: Hey, podcast listeners, welcome to the podcast Celeb Who, where we tell you the life story of a celebrity and you, the listener, get the opportunity to guess which celebrity that is. I'm your host, Cameron. And I'm your co host, Alejandra. And you're listening to Celeb, Celeb Who. Who. Okay, and Monday, for our fifth take, Monday! <laughs> She is mad at me because I do that. But honestly, it's our calling card. I don't know why it upsets you so much. It's not that it upsets me. It's just so repetitive. Like know, I'm tired of hearing get... it. I think people are tired of hearing it no, too. No, they're not. I'm telling you, there's people at home, <laughs> when they start the episode, they're at home going, Monday, Monday. I bet they don't. Okay, I'm going to ask the question because I can add a question to the episode. I'm going to ask the question, how many of you listen to the episode and in your head you're like, Monday, Monday, we'll prove you wrong. Okay, Okay. let's get on to the episode because we left everybody on a cliffhanger, so they're probably dying to know what happens. So at the end of the last episode, um, like I said, left everyone kind of on a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. So Audrey at this time is currently struggling financially. And acting jobs are just not flowing in, you know, as much as she'd like. Mm-hmm. So she's behind on her car payment, and she's desperate for a bit of bit of extra income. Mm-hmm. In comes a photographer she used to model for. His name was we'll call him Kelly. Income, income incomes, of photographer. Yeah, <laughs> income's like you know, like I know, I get yeah, it. Okay, it's cool. just sounded, yeah. so he offers Audrey fifty dollars, mm-hmm. okay, in exchange that Audrey poses nude. Oh, boy. Yeah. Would, fi- would you take ju- it for $50? Well, yeah, but this was a different time. $50 was more back then. Okay? Uh, You're behind on your car payment. You need to put dinner on the table. Dude, you do you pose nude? Uh, for? No, let's just Let's it. just chop it up to $200 no, in today's. I wouldn't do it. I, wouldn't I mean, if it. I had a family. No, not even then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would either. I wouldn't want my kids to see that. Okay, again, she's desperate, so she does agree to the shoot. Okay. okay. So Kelly sells these photos to Western Lithograph Company for a whopping $900. $900 back then or now? Back then. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the pictures, they use them in a calendar set and they would end up racking in millions, millions of dollars. Okay. Of which <laughs> Audrey only makes $50. Oh. <gasps> What? Yeah. Well, that's all she was offered was fifty dollars for that picture set. Okay, she didn't get anything else. But you would think that they would give her more. You would, would think so, but mean. different times. It's like, listen, I just posed nude. And yeah. You're making millions just of dollars. posed, and you, posed nude. I, got, I was behind on my account, and you made millions. I think I could. Thank you for my fifty get a little dollars. Bit yeah. <laughs> I I think I, I think I remember there was a quote too where she says she didn't even so much as get a thank you. For those photos. What? Yeah. So, luckily though, that same year in 1949, Audrey catches wind that there's some brother directors who are looking for a blonde in their new movie, and she just so happens to be blonde. Mm. So she auditions for the part, and she ends up getting the role. Now, the role was only for a short 60 uh, second part, but she ends up getting $100 for her appearance, and she gets to keep her clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) And that was according to one of the brothers says that they paid her a hundred dollars for the appearance. Now her performance catches the eye of a producer on set who decides Audrey should go on the five week publicity tour for the film. Now her performance in that film also catches the attention of a major talent agent. And this agent is able to get Audrey an audition for a role in a movie for MGM, which was the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer in 1950, and she ends up getting that part. Uh, It was also a small part, but Audrey was still pretty unknown, so she's willing to kind of take anything she can get at this point. Not to mention the film was from an Oscar-winning actor slash director slash screenwriter, and the film was nominated for four Academy Awards so although it was a small role for Audrey it certainly was, it was a memorable big, one yeah. yeah exactly now that same year Audrey has another small part in another movie now this part was enough for 20th century Fox studio executive mm-hmm. to offer her a contract to return to the studio so remember she used to have a contract with them for yeah. a six-month gig mm-hmm. well they want her to return to the studio then, a studio publicist decides to utilize those pinup magazines that Audrey was in. Do you remember back from the last episode? Yes. Well, he decides to use them as kind of a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the studio starts to receive thousands of letters from fans asking when Audrey's next movie appearance would be. So the studio executive for 20th Century Fox, he could really smell a box office hit. So he pretty much told every producer to try and find roles for Audrey. And finally, she lands her first leading role in 1952. But with success finally in her reach, her past begins to resurface. Those old nude photos that Audrey took begin to resurface causing somewhat of a media frenzy and even starts to threaten her career. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Studio PR came up with a defense and in a press release Audrey tells everyone listening about her troubled childhood. So from, you know, bouncing around from relative and foster home to foster home to both of her parents being dead. But her mom's not dead. Uh, Good catch. Good catch. So remember in the last episode, Jean leaves to Oregon, Mm -hmm. but she never arrives. And Audrey really had no idea where her mother was. So the studio went with the narrative that she was dead and Audrey had no parents. So they're really trying to tug on the heartstrings. Yeah. But that last part would come back up, causing Audrey to have to try and do damage control once again. So after stating her parents were dead in May of 1952, Audrey's mother does resurface again. So someone had spotted her living in a nursing home just outside of Los Angeles. And after Jean's husband died, she lived a few months with her daughter, Maddie, um, with her family in Florida, and I guess it was not really the best time. Um, Audrey offered for her mom to move to California. And after first rejecting her offer, she eventually does take a train headed for California. But she is still extremely unstable, and Audrey has to actually sit in the backseat of a squad car as her mom is strapped to a gurney and taken to another hospital. What? So I was, Yeah, and then I think she sees her maybe one more time after that, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much the end to her mother. But that same year, a very popular baseball player, we're going to name him Jack, Mm -hmm. asked an acquaintance to set up a date with Audrey, and the media goes crazy when they catch wind. So they cover the story incessantly, despite Audrey and Jack really trying to keep a low profile. So Mm -hmm. they're trying to keep it under the covers, but it's just not working. And only two years after that, they both get married. But just because she was now married didn't mean she was going to stop pursuing her acting career. So she wasn't going to let that get in the way. And that was a huge problem for Jack because he really wanted a housewife and wasn't particularly happy with his wife's sex symbol status, Mm. which kind of creates some early tension in the marriage. And he's also retired at this point from baseball. So he just wants somebody to be at home with him, you know? Yeah, to make him a sandwich. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Now, one of the directors that Audrey worked with and, quote unquote, had an affair with, uh, said that she had told him that Jack, quote, struck her often and beat her up several times. So it kind of turned into a very physically abusive relationship, too. Mm -hmm. But in September of the same year... Um, that they got married, which was 1954, they reached their final straw. Mm-hmm. Um, Audrey is filming one of her most iconic scenes, and it ended up being a little too revealing for Jack, who was also on set watching. Um, fueling his rage was there was a bunch of onlookers and media there watching the scene as well, and the couple ultimately split the next month after only 274 days of marriage. Um, it was it was a pretty Bad marriage, I would say. <laughs> it was, but as you'll learn, that they actually kept a really good friendship even after the marriage. So you'll hear some more about Jack a little later on. Um, but when filing, Audrey cites mental cruelty as the reason for the split. So up to this point, Audrey had been getting the same type of role in every single movie, kind of the ditzy blonde, or mm. beautiful ditzy blonde, basically. Yeah. Um, aside from one role, and uh, she was kind of getting tired of the same role. And so she kind of wanted to look for a more serious role to be seen more as a serious actress. Yeah, uh, She was also becoming at odds with the studio and was seeking kind of more control with her career. Mm-hmm. So Audrey starts her own production company and moves to New York City and enrolls in a very prestigious actor's studio where she learns more about acting and method acting. You'll remember method acting from the first yeah. episode of the podcast. So if you don't know what method acting is... Watch the first episode or listen, listen to the first episode because <laughs> you can't watch it. I guess if you visualize in your mind, but yeah. So the studio was owned and run by Lee and Paula, who form a very, very strong bond with Audrey that pretty much lasts Audrey's whole life. Um, this was extremely beneficial to Audrey as many noticed the change in her performances. So liveabout.com says, critics generally agree that her performances were more powerful and nuanced. So she's clearly getting better and learning the more nuances of acting. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, Lee was accused of preying on Audrey's insecurities and was able to influence her personally and professionally. And for a short period, Audrey does move into Lee and Paula's apartment. And when she returns to the studio after that, she's always accompanied by Paula And that's much to the disappointment of the many directors. So they kind of want to just work with Audrey, but Paula is always there. Hmm. So through the next few years, Audrey films some of her most memorable movies. So we're going to jump back in time just for a second to set up the next um, event in her life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go back to 1951. So this is still very early in her career. And this is where Audrey meets an author who we're going to name Arthur um, Hmm. while shooting a movie. After watching her shoot some scenes, he states that she could act on stage. So, meaning she could act full-time. Yeah, Like, this is what she should do. Mm -hmm. And to Audrey, it was a big deal to hear that, especially from... He was a very well-known author at the time. She recalls about when they met. um, She says, quote, People around heard him say it, and they laughed. Um, But to Audrey, this was a man who saw her for her talent, so not just her beauty. So a lot of people saw her as this beautiful, you know, blonde girl or whatever, and she wanted to be seen as more of a serious serious actress, exactly. So she desperately wanted to be a big-time actress, and hearing that from a famous author just meant so much to her. She even wrote about him in her diary saying, quote, Met a man tonight, it was bam, it was like running into a tree, you know, like a cool drink when you've had a fever. End quote. So they didn't see each other for the next few years, but while Audrey was dealing with her marriage to Jack, Arthur was dealing with a divorce from his first wife. But Audrey divorces, and they begin an affair while Arthur is still married. Oh, boy. Yeah, but finally in 1956, after after Arthur took up residence in Reno, Nevada, uh, long enough to finalize his divorce, Audrey and Arthur marry that June. Oh, that was fast. Yeah, well, they had kept the relationship going while yeah. he was still <laughs> married. So, um, Audrey even converts to Judaism in order to marry Arthur. Mm-hmm. So, during their marriage, Audrey suffers two miscarriages. And that's mainly due to her having endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So, that can make it hard to get pregnant. Yeah. Um, this took a huge toll on her. And she ends up turning to sleeping pills to cope with the emotional stress. But she continues to act and performed some of her most legendary roles. Arthur even writes a screenplay meant to cast Audrey where she works alongside who if you remember formerly thought she was her father, Clark Gable. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, while filming, Audrey often held up production from her breakdowns and illnesses. And to make things worse, she was often, you know, popping pills and consuming large amounts of alcohol at this time. Mm -hmm. And her life was just in a downward spiral. And as a result, after only five years of marriage, she and Arthur divorced. So in in February of 1961, Audrey is admitted into the Payne Whitney Psychiatric Hospital in New York. Now, I told you Jack would come back, so her ex-husband Jack rushes to her side, and he gets her released from the hospital and has her moved to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, mm-hmm. where she also gets um, psychiatric tr- treatment. So Jack's involvement sparks many rumors that the couple was reunited in marriage, but it really has never been confirmed or anything. And at that same time, she also undergoes gallbladder surgery and loses a significant amount of weight. In April of 1962... Audrey was set to film a new movie, but was unable to report for shooting because of a serious sinus infection, and this caused the crew to shoot around Audrey as much as possible. So they're shooting every scene without her. Despite her illness, though, in May, Audrey fights through the pain to sing a very sultry and sexy happy birthday, Mr. President, to the President of the United States. Yeah, so she's reaching the top, okay? The performance actually was so like, I guess you could say sexy. Sexy, yeah. <laughs> it was so sexy that it even sparked rumors that the the president and her were sleeping together. And also there were rumors that she was sleeping with his brother too at the time. <laughs> oh gosh. When Audrey returned on set to finish shooting for that movie though, her mental health was still at an all-time low. And because of her prolonged absence from shoots, Audrey was fired and the studio filed a suit of breach of contract. Wow. So although she was eventually rehired, they never ended up finishing that film. In August of 1962, so that same year, Audrey's mental health had gotten the best of her. At this point, she was found dead in her Brentwood apartment from an apparent overdose. The coroner lists her death on her death certificate as acute barbed barbiturate poisoning or ingestion of overdose. That's a hard word to say. Can you say it? Barbiturate? 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 That sounds like I'm cursing it. Yeah. Barbiturate. Barbiturate. Close enough. Yeah. So right. after after yeah. the autopsy was completed, her body was released to Jack, so her ex-husband, mm-hmm. um, and he arranged her funeral in kind of a private setting. So you could tell that he cares deeply for her and i think in a different world if she was okay being a housewife they might have worked out yeah but yeah but then again i mean he was kind of abusive so yeah but i think i'm not condoning his action or anything but i think that was very common back then unfortunately yeah i suppose now, although it was ruled an overdose and a probable suicide, many close to Audrey contest the findings. So there's kind of a little bit of conspiracy theory about whether she was murdered or not. Ooh. So during the autopsy, autopsy that was performed, there was no evidence of something called Nembutal in her urine, which was present in the pills so it should have showed up in her urine. Mm-hmm. So had she taken the amount of pills necessary for overdose, Nembutal would most certainly be present in her system. Liveabout.com says quote, Audrey's stomach contents, organ samples, and pertinent smear materials went missing and were never found. Mm-hmm. He concluded, however, that the high concentration of narcotics in Audrey's liver suggested that the fatal dosage had been delivered via suppository rather than ingestion. So while some speculate Audrey died from an accidental overdose, others believe she was murdered. So one reason for the murder theory is because her rumored connection with the president and his brother. So in order to keep her quiet on you know intimate information that she might have known, mm-hmm. Audrey was murdered. While other people speculate that it was actually an organized hit by the mob. I'm not sure why she'd be on the mob's hit list, but that's just kind of the theory. Mm. Now adding to this theory, the president's brother was reported to be with Audrey just hours before her death, but a massive cover- government cover-up was put in place. Oh. Yeah. Oh What do you guys think? Yeah, Let tell us, us what you think. <laughs> but uh, there's been a lot of sources that have actually confessed to the hit of Audrey, but none have been actually verified. So Audrey is still remembered and revered as one of the most popular Hollywood figures ever. Like once you know who she is, everybody's heard of her name. Uh, her imperfect body and shape encourages everyone to defy Hollywood's scripted idea of beauty. Audrey was not bone skinny and actually sported stomach rolls in pictures and yet she was still regarded as one of the most beautiful and sexy women in history. Even, yeah, leave her a round of applause. So even (laughs) Hugh Hefner himself, so the owner and founder of Playboy magazine, he pays $500 for her nudes to use in his first ever edition. So Audrey is also known for her many and various meaningful quotes, but I want to end on one of my favorites. Quote, Imperfection is beauty, madness is genius, and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Thanks for listening, and as always, use the hashtag celebwho to tell us who your guest is. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Celeb Who Podcast, and consider joining and giving to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash CelebWhoPodcast. This will help us to upgrade our equipment to keep our episodes as high quality as possible. Thank you to our dedicated listeners. Talk to you next week.